Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. It is your Tuesday round of dysfunction, of fun, of Maddie and the Caddy alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie, Matt Barry. We appreciate the download, the subscription, whatever you're doing to follow us, Apple Podcast, ESPN app. Hit us up, spread the word, social media at Maddie and Caddy on both Instagram and Twitter. Maddie, the word and. Caddy, C-A-D-D-I-E. Hit us up on social media. Have fun with us. We are a very interactive show. We enjoy the patrons on Maddie and the Caddy. If you love it, tell everybody. If you hate it, shut up. Let people find out for themselves. Right, yeah. Keep your opinions <laughs> to yourself. We don't care. Uh, no, but we do appreciate all the support. Excited for today's episode. Yeah. Uh, Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards is our guest. Are you real? That's really... You are such a homer. You are such a homer. Oh, I'm sorry. Arizona State's head coach, not former cornerback for the Philadelphia Eagles, NFL, one of the and head coach. Ten seasons in the NFL as, as a player. None of that Miracle stuff. at the Meadowlands. Thank you for the Philadelphia Eagles over the Giants. Avid golfer, head coach of the Jets and the Chiefs, division titles, former ESPN yet- analyst. I'm sorry. Brad and Chad the Homer over here, who's, bro. Who's, pay, who's paying him right now? Where's he getting his paycheck? Arizona State. What's he do right now? Head coach of the Arizona State Sun Right this Okay, right now. So yeah. we're coming off a weekend on Sports Center where I, I had the honor of going out to Tempe and doing a story with Herm. And it was our SC featured this weekend. And it was so much fun to be able to tell that story because obviously going back to the alma mater, but doing a story on someone that you and I both care deeply for and Herm yeah. Edwards when he worked for us here at ESPN before going to Arizona State. And we'll talk to him in an interview, and and you'll hear him talk about it coming up, about how golf can be a metaphor for life Mm. and how golf can teach you certain things and why you can really use the discipline in golf and apply that to other areas. And I find this interesting about the game of golf and the sport of golf. In football, basketball, baseball, Hockey, soccer, team sport led by a head coach. Golf, you're led by no one but you. Or if you do it on a professional level, maybe your caddy. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Like these are the best at what they do in the world, and they don't have anybody. Harm's one of the greatest pep talkers of all time. One of the greatest orators in sports. Oh, yeah. To get his guys ready. No one's getting Tiger ready. Maybe his earbuds, and that's it. That is kind of fascinating when you think about that. The only thing out there to get you ready is you. It's, it is the ultimate. The other thing that I, that I love about Herm and I think that, that golf is, is a lesson teacher as well. All those other sports that you mentioned, all those team sports in every single one of those, if you get away with something, you celebrate it in the locker room. Yeah. You celebrate the fact that, hey, Maybe it was pass interference. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah. Maybe that was a catch. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah. Maybe I didn't hold. Maybe I held. Maybe the ref didn't see it. In golf, it's not like that. No. In golf, even if no one sees you commit the crime, you report yourself. Yeah. It's a game of honor. Which is why I know Herm loves it so much because he's probably, he's one of the most honorable men that I know. And if you, if you, Check it out. Go to ESPN.com. You can see this uh, the SC featured link there of, of just how he goes about his life on a daily basis and how he teaches these young men, and he'll, he'll talk about it in the upcoming interview. But 
that's exactly right. The the purity with which he tries to conduct himself on a daily basis. And that you're right. That's why he loves golf because you have to sit out there, you're self-reporting. Yep. The game is going to beat you down. Yep. It's going to make you use swear words that you didn't even know existed, <laughs> even though Herm tries. You don't make up swear words. He tries not to swear. Uh, yeah. I mean, there. Are I like so- that he says tries. Yeah. You're like yeah. I, as much as I can't. <laughs> there are things about the game that make it so unique. Here's the other thing. Like if Herm doesn't like what's going on during a game, he can bang a timeout. If his team's not ready, bang a timeout, get him to regroup. Guess what there aren't in golf? Timeouts. And there's no play calling either. Hey, the running game's not working, so let's go with the passing game. He'd be like, well, the driver's not working. This is 600-yard par four. What do you want me to do, putt it? (laughs) I'm going to hit Seven iron, seven iron, seven iron, seven iron, seven iron. <laughs> and isn't that what's fascinating about what we've learned since we've launched this podcast, talking to professional athletes and celebrities that love this sport? It is so different than what their norm is. Mm-hmm. And their norm is team sport, beat each other up, practices, coaches, GMs. Think about that. There's no ownership structure in golf. You're no. an owner of one. Correct. Your team, Justin Thomas, your yep. team, Tiger, your team, Speech. Kepka, yeah. No owner, no nah. GM, no coach. Mm-mm. You are the CEO and the employee all at the same time. Is that good or lonely? It's lonely and it's good at the same time. It's good because unlike any corporation, mm-hmm. if you're an employee, you don't get to make the final decisions on things. You get to, you have to deal with the repercussions of the decisions that other people make. So if someone else makes a bad decision, you, things happen to you because of it. In golf, only one person makes the final decision. Only one person swings the golf club and only one person has to answer to that one person. That's the mirror. And that's it. So in that sense, it's really cool. Where, where it's lonely is when things aren't going well. And you feel like you're still making the right decisions and yet you're not able to do the things with your body. Right. That your mind is like, I, I've hit this shot 27,000 times. And now that I need to hit this one shot one time, as many times as I practice it, I cannot pull it off. That is when it gets lonely and maddening. And that's it because you're right. You've done all the preparation. And the other, here's the beautiful thing about team sports. You know, we've all grown up playing them that I knew that if I was having a bad day or I just, I missed a play or just something was off, you knew that you could look across the field and someone else is going to pick you up. No one's picking you up in golf. No, no one. No. And, it's and, you and as a caddy, I can say whatever I need to say. But I can't swing the club for you. Yeah, because you're kind of the coach. When you were a cat, like I'm the coach, me- the psychologist. I'm the best friend. I'm the I'm the, you know, life life partner. And that's there. kind of your job out there. Yes, because he's got look of any pro athlete. I and I've been around every sport, every pro athlete in my career. I would say golfers are the most interesting, and in that they have to be the most mentally put together knowing that it's just them and them alone, yeah. which means that they're the quickest that could probably snap. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because they're also the m- most mentally challenged <laughs> when it comes to snapping and going off the deep end and stuff, which is I say all the time, caddies are, as a cat, I know caddies are the craziest because we know you're nuts 
And we're still like, yeah, let's go. Me and you. You want to go hang with crazy for 70? Yeah, let's do it. Hey. But that's also in caddying too. Part of the reason I love it is because, you know, people get mad when they see a guy on TV and it looks like he's wearing his caddy out, just yelling at him. And, you know, Bubba and Ted Scott is a very famous. We, Me, Bubba, and Ted laugh separately. Like me and Ted will be sitting somewhere and we'll be laughing at the fact that people are mad at Bubba because they think he's wearing Teddy out. But what people don't understand is part of your job as a caddy Uh is to keep your player on that razor thin edge of I'm the best that there is and I cannot do anything wrong. And sometimes in order to do that, the player needs to look at the caddy and go, that was your fault. That seven iron was, you know what I mean? I know. In my heart of hearts, I know I didn't hit that seven iron perfect. Right. And I know I didn't hit the shot we talked about. But because things didn't turn out right, it's your fault. And the caddy knows that that guy's just speaking out of anger. Yes. And speaking so that he, in his own mind, can be in a place so the next shot I'm going to hit perfect. So he can justify the, the mistake. Yeah, so he can justify the mistake, Correct. put it on you. But then as a caddy, how are you saying... You're not yeah. saying nothing. You you know what? When the guy, yeah, man, you're right. You know we got we got we'll fix this. We'll let's get better. We'll do better on the next shot. This is coming from the guy that challenged Daniel Chopper to fight during a tournament. But. but this is also the guy who told Kevin Streelman when he apologized to me on the golf course, "Don't ever do that again, ever. Don't you ever apologize." What did he to me do to get the? What did he do to to get the apology? Well, so on the at Hartford on the 15th hole is a par 4 that's drivable mm-hmm. and there's water on the left-hand side and we were discussing what club to hit because of which way the wind was blowing and i was saying that the wind was cuz we couldn't feel anything on the tee right and i was looking over the um grandstand in back of that green towards the clubhouse and there were flags on the on the top of the clubhouse and i was like it's blowing towards us look at the flags we can see them blowing towards us so we hit one club and it goes a little bit long over the back of the green, which isn't horrible, but like he was, you know, kind of jacked up. So as we're walking up, he's like, man, that was the wrong club. We hit too much. We should, long here is not good, blah, 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 this and that and stuff. And as he's saying that, the wind dies and then turns for a second. And he was like, see, it's downwind. I knew it was downwind. And then it dies and it goes back to blowing normal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I know, man. You know what? Your great short game. We're going to get up and down. He hits a great flop shot, makes birdie. And as we're walking to the 16 tee, he turns and looks back and sees the flags blowing into us. Yeah. And he looks back and he turns to me and he goes, hey, I, you know what? You were right. It was into the wind, man. I'm sorry. I didn't. I shouldn't have said. And I pu- I literally put the bag down and I go, don't you ever apologize to me on a golf course ever again. Don't do that. Let's go. And for me, that was saying to him, "Where wherever you are now mentally, get out of there. Yes. Right now. It- I, I want you back. On that razor edge, you are the best player in this field. You are the best player on the golf course, and nothing that you do is your fault. I need you there. We can talk about the. We'll talk about it after the round. After the round, we'll go through everything, and that's cool. But right now, in the moment, don't don't you dare turn the switch off and be like, "Hey, sorry," because I don't want you on the tee. On this next 16, second guessing, it's a par three. It's a tough par three. And I don't want you like, oh, man, you know, I shouldn't have yelled at him. Like, no, I want you to be like, you I'll wanna, kill you. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> I want you mad. And now, like, give me this club. I'm going I'm to show you what I can do. Like, I want you in that mode. I want you chest puffed out roosters like, like, 
don't you ever like dis think that I'm the doing anything wrong on the golf course. And so, and we talked about it afterwards too. And it was the only time I'd ever, I mean, we and Kevin had a really good relationship on the golf course and stuff. It, I mean, we worked really well together. So, you know, but that was the first time that happened. And I was mad. I was legitimately mad that he was apologizing to me like that. Cause I'm like, dude, that you're messing your flow up, dude. Don't ever do that. Because your flow is my check. It's such an interesting dynamic between caddy and player. I think mm-hmm. what we've all learned is we could all use a pep talk from Herm Edwards, which you, the patrons, going to get coming up next. But first, recently I've been receiving all of my style tips from the clothing experts at Peter Millar. If you're a golfer like me, you know the name. If you don't, you should, because Peter Millar is all about quality, value, and style. It's the most comfortable clothing I've ever worn. And right now, I'm actually wearing a performance polo. What I love about these Peter Millar polo shirts, they offer so much comfort and style no matter what I am doing. They're easy to take care of out of the dryer. You don't have to put an iron on them. I have never have to worry about anything for any occasion. Peter Millar is my go-to clothing for vacation, work events, golf course, and even working out. I put it on in the morning and never look out of place. I always have the right look. They are great for the golf course because they even have sun protection built into the shirt. The performance polo I'm wearing is the most comfortable shirt I've ever worn. And I can say that about everything I have from Peter Millar. Right now, head over to PeterMillar.com slash Maddie. Check out uh, some of my Peter Millar favorites. Be sure to use my link. You'll receive complimentary shipping and a free hat. That's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash Maddie. PeterMillar.com slash Maddie. Coming up next on Maddie and the Caddy, Herm Edwards. We are now joined by by a man that 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 wears has worn a million hats. NFL player, Philadelphia Eagles, head Woo. football coach, New York Jets, Kansas City Chiefs, analyst at ESPN, and now head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, my alma mater, Herm Edwards joining us now. Coach, thank you for the time for coming on Maddie and the Caddy with well, us. Well, thank you, and this is going to be a hard uh, act to follow uh, with, with Joe there and, <laughs> and obviously Alfonso. So, um, fire away. Hey, I'll try to answer some questions. I'm, with all the hats that you what did you do before all of – If you know what I was always curious when it came to you? If football had never been invented, what was you going to do for a job? See? <laughs> No, you're right. If the game of football had never been invented, because you've been in football, for, that's that's about it. So if the game of football, if there's no such thing as football, Herm Edwards is a teacher. Teacher. Yeah. Elementary teacher. school, high school, college, just a teacher. Teacher. On all levels. Teacher. Fascinating. Why? Because I believe in life. Uh, life is about experience and wisdom. And uh, if you want to leave a legacy that will last, that will outlast you, it's about the opportunities you give back to others. Mm-hmm. It's very important. You know, we, we, we work to make a living, but what we give in life to others, that creates our legacy. And that's who we become. And your legacy will outlive, of, outlive us all. You know, it, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, my father was a military man. He fought in the Korean War and World War II. And... Um, I learned at a very young age the most powerful possession that a father can give their children is their last name in good standings. And he gave me that name. And those were my marching orders. And I understood that at a very young age. And um, that's all I got. That's all I got. And I protect it as much as I can protect it. It's important to me. Um, 
I try to live my life as a man of integrity. Where my words and my actions match up every day. Is it hard? It's hard. Real hard. Yeah, but 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 I want to be that guy. I've chosen to be that guy. Um, I just see things as they are. Uh, there's no gray area with me. Mm. I just kind of tell the truth. But that's that. why you're so respected, too. And that's why when you left playing football and got into coaching and then went from coaching into being an analyst, one of the things that everyone respected so much was you were the one guy that everyone could count on. They might not like what you're going to say to them. Mm. They might not like what you have to tell them. They might not like where it's going to be coming from. But the one thing that they always have to do is they know you ain't never saying it just to say it. And they know that when it comes from you, it's coming from your heart. And it's trying to put them in a good place. Well, thank you for saying that. And and I think sometimes when you sit in my seat and the, the perception of me sometimes when people don't know who I am, they say, well, this guy's very excitable and he's got a lot of energy, which is true. But I make calculated decisions. I don't just speak to speak. No, you're very thoughtful. I, I, I think about what I'm going to say because you can't take it back. You can't ever take it back. It's, you know, I tell young people all the time, I say, you live in a world now where when you press something, that's your resume. You're not taking it back. You can't say what I didn't know. Uh, you knew. You pressed it. You knew. Now, and it follows you. It becomes a part of who you are. And we all make mistakes, but I think it's, I think it's even more apparent to me that young people today have to realize that becomes a part of your resume. You got to own it, whether you like it or not. We can say we made mistakes. We can use the "I'm young, I didn't know." Well, there's an experience of young people that have made the same mistakes, and if you follow that road. This is what's going to happen to you. So why would you follow that road? My father used to tell me this. He said, son, let me tell you something about this. There's a fool and there's a fool that follows the fool. Who's the fool? <laughs> yeah. That's the question. No. That was the question. Who's the fool? Is and it you the figure fool? it out. Is it the fool or the fool that it's follows the It's the one the that fool? follows him, right? You know, it's just like most people don't want to lead. They're interested in leading. See, when you want to lead somebody, you got to commit to something, man. And there's a, when you commit to something, you don't see the outcome. When you're interested in something, you just kind of keep going down the road. And yep. if it's going good, I'm still okay. But not, oh, I'm interested in something else. <laughs> I, ain't that, I ain't that guy. When I commit to something, I commit to it. And I, I'm all in. So the latest thing you've committed to and you're all in on is you got back at the coach. Yes. You got head coach yes. there on a state. Mm-hmm. You, you were away for a while. Yes. And now your message, you just gave us a bit of your message You've got to deliver that again mm-hmm. to 18, 19, 20-year-old yeah. kids that may not know how to handle with how you do things. Well, I think what they do know, they want consistency. And the thing that I have, I have something they want, knowledge. I have a Ph.D. in where, they, where they're trying to go. NFL. Yeah. Mm. I got a Ph.D. in that one. They cannot, there's no question they can ask me I don't have an answer for, right? Mm-hmm. But not only that. Just the life lessons that I've learned along the way. You know, I look at a lot of these kids. They remind me of me growing up. They remind me of me. And you noticed that in your first six months? Sure. You know, look, the one thing I know I can do, I can communicate. That is a strength. I have that. There's there's no room I I walk in where I feel like, well, like, you know, I'm, I'm, no, no, no. You put me in any room with anybody, I communicate. 
I can have a conversation. When they leave, I'll know a little bit about them. They'll know a lot about me. And that's what you want to do. You want to communicate. You want to be honest. You want to be consistent. Um, my message was real simple to the players. Hey, look, I want you to have a personality. I'm not here to train your personalities. That's, that's not who I am. I, but there's a point to where when it affects the football team or it affects you or it affects this university, then we gotta, we got we to gotta come back a little bit. we got to get off the line, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, it, it's real simple with me. You're going to be required to compete every day because that's the world we live in. you got to compete. got to compete. Just, that, that's all I ask you to do, compete. And if you do that, we'll be a really good football team. How has going back into coaching affected your golf game? <laughs> going into coaching, not going into coaching, I don't have a golf game. <laughs> okay. my, my golf game is is I hit a couple good and hit a couple bad ones. And I told myself this when I, you know, it, it, I would listen to, to Alfonso and, 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 and Joe, and I played against Joe many years and be a great player, obviously. Yeah. Alfonso, I've, I've, I've played in a lot of events with him, the AT&T and all that kind of stuff, but – I can remember the first time I was invited to the Crosby. I was invited to the Crosby. The clam bait. <laughs> Never played golf. Ever? My, my third year, like, in fourth year in pro football, right? I'm a local guy. I said, Coach, would you come out? I, whatever year this was, I played with Peter Sr. when he was a rookie on the tour. <laughs> that was my pro, Peter Sr., right? And then you used to play at Cypress Point. Uh, Pebble Beach and uh, Spyglass. Yeah. Right. And so they asked me to play. I go, yeah, I'll play. <laughs> I go get some clubs. <laughs> I don't even have a driver. <laughs> I got like this three iron. And I'm pretty strong, man. I just kind of hit it, man. I just go. So we're at, we're, we're at, we're at, uh, we're at, uh, Cypress Point, right? I'm walking on Cypress Point and I'm, I'm running up with my bag, you know, my guys, caddy, my buddy. And we get to the, we get to the first hole is par four. Second hole is a par five. Third part, fourth hole. Fourth hole, we're on tee box. And I'm visiting with Peter Senior, rookie on tour. We're, we're having a lot of fun laughing, talking, you know. And there's this guy in the middle of the fairway, and he keeps walking back. And I'm going, what is he doing? I said, you want me to hit one down there on him and make him go? <laughs> Shoo him away? It was Bernard Langer. <laughs> hey, you wanted to hit it? I didn't know where it was. I just said, the guy's taking too long. Let's go. Let's go. You know, I'm one of those guys. See the ball, hit the ball, let's go, man. All this waiting and thinking. There's the ball, man. Hit it. Let's go. That's kind of me. You know, it's like, I mean, I, I don't, I, this, this four or five hours, this, no. Just hit the, look, I only practice football for two hours. That's something I love. You think I can, after two hours of this, I'm like, I'm done, boys. My, my, my meter is shut off right now. Now I got another two and a half hours to play, but guess what? Her I'm Hermes ain't playing. Yeah. I'm just walking. I'm yeah. just signing autographs and having fun, man. You I'm good. You got Herm Edwards for two and a half hours at the most. That's all you got. Whatever hole we're on in two and a half done. hours, I can't tell you who's playing the rest of the time. Done. Done. <laughs> I tell him every year, let me have the first tee off time. Because I know I can get to that first nine. Because the guys that are playing with me, they're running. They're trying to keep up with me. I'm hitting balls. I say, man, play it well, boys. I'm going. Because my score don't matter. I, 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 guys, I don't. Look, I'm here for the charity. I'm here for the charity. But more than that, I'm here for the fans. Because this is a way for all of us. Whatever walk of life you come from as a celebrity, so-called celebrity. Right. You got a chance to touch these people, take pictures, and sign autographs. I do it every day that I'm here. I never say no. Even 
And I shouldn't say this, even when the legitimate rounds are going, because the group I'm playing with, we ain't winning nothing. Okay? We ain't winning nothing. Now, they may think they're doing it. And I'm like, no, 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 you ain't winning. So, I, I've been at this thing 12, 13 years now. It, 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 that's the last. There's no delusions of grandeur for me. I come here, have a good time. I see my boy Charles. I see all the guys that I've grown up with, you know, and played against. And, and my friends are here. And so it's a week where I can actually give back to the fans and pay a tribute to what this place has done for cancer research. So that, that's, that's why I'm here. I mean, come on. Who's the one celebrity or athlete that plays golf that when you found out they played golf, we're like, wait, they play? Like blank plays golf? I didn't even <sighs> – Really? Or who's the one person that when you got a chance to play golf with them, you were like, I didn't even know you played golf. You know what? No one really because I think it's a game that when you're an athlete, um, you want to dabble in it because it kind of looks, I can do that. It looks easy. And then you find out. <laughs> I always say this. God punishes me. I was a good athlete in everything. This game, he's like, I'm going to make you suffer now. <laughs> And I'm, t- I'm, I'm for it. And I told myself, and I've been playing golf, you know, since, well, I don't know, on and off. I'm, if I play 20 rounds in a year, that's a lot of golf for me. Wow. Okay. So you can imagine, I'm going to play five days here. After day, after day three, I'm tapped out. I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, I don't enough golf. I'm going to go back to football. I'm good. But I told myself this when I first started playing golf. And I don't do this anyway. If I ever cursed or threw a club, I quit. I've never done that. And I won't do it. Wow. I'll never do it. Wow. I will not do it. I'll re- I respect the game too much. Mm. You know, and, 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 and I go back watching Seve Ballesteros yes. and Jack Nicholas and watching those guys and not kind of knowing what I'm watching, kind of like these guys. And then I, what caught my eye was Calvin Pete. Mm-hmm. Calvin Pete. When I watched Cal, I said, who's this guy? Mm. Calvin, who is this guy? This Calvin Pete guy, right? I became a fan, man. I was an instant fan. I was like, really, Calvin Pete was that was and, your guy, and I like Sevy. Yeah, yeah. I, I like you know he was you know he was just an artist. This, yeah, this, and you know Jack and all. I knew all those guys. These are the stars. Yes, but this guy Calvin Pete, when you heard his story, you went, "Are you kidding?" When he won, when he won the one at in Florida at uh, players at, the players champion. Hey, man, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> With his little hats, man, Calvin Pete, you know, just hits it straight, just hits it straight. Had a little he hook had in a his bo- arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't. It's like, are you kidding me, man? Who is this guy? That got me interested, you know, watching that guy. It's like, hey, man, this is, this is a pretty good game, you know. I would love to hear your takes. You get away with putting things into into words, mm-hmm. and, and and we've talked a lot on and off camera what the game of football has mm-hmm. done for certain kids and mm-hmm. players for their lives, right? Mm-hmm. We we talked about that quite a bit. But what is golf? How is that a connector? How would you explain? That? Well, it, it it it's similar to any sport, and and the golf has gotten better to their credit. It's allowed diversity to be a part of their program, where before it, it might have been a part of their program, but not holding a golf club in their hand, right? And, and it lets everyone play. And it's a way where it breaks down all barriers. And you find out, and this is what I've always realized too, in the four hours you play, you find a lot about people. Mm. When you leave, here's the question I always ask people. All right. When you leave, would you ever want to play golf with that guy again? That's the question I always ask. I can say this. Hopefully, the people I've played with over the years that I've played golf with, so many different people, that they would say, 
it was a lot of fun playing with Coach Hearn. The score don't matter, man. It, it really don't matter. It's the four hours you spend with somebody where you kind of dig in to kind of find out who they are. You know, most like like Joe, I heard Joe and those guys talking. You know, most people know who you are, mm-hmm. but it's funny when you ask them who they are. You know, and I'm that kind of guy. I'm, I'm you know, it, it's not about me. It's about you. And I think when they leave, they go. It's amazing because people always tell me it's, it's funny and, 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 and it humbles me when they say this. They say, Coach, you know, in person, you're the same guy on television. Yeah. It's almost like, well, yeah, that's kind of who I am. I'm not an actor. Yeah, it's kind of like, <laughs> right. you know, it's kind of like you're, you're that guy. That's a compliment. It, it is. And it was amazing to me when I went into homes to recruit. Okay, I go into homes to recruit. And I go into someone's home. The neighbors on the street knew I was coming. They were involved in this too now. And I'm like, the mom and dad would sit there and go, Coach, you're just like the guy on television. I go, yeah, that's who I am. I can't be anybody else. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish I could change. I said, no, no, Coach. You're really that guy. I said, yeah, I'm that guy. You know, it it, 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 it it was so much fun for me to go into families' homes, man, and just just visit with parents and grandmas and whoever's there. I mean, it, it, it was amazing. What was the hardest part? Hard we're getting decide. all that talent at Arizona State. Yeah, no. we, we're getting what was, I, that's what I want to know, though. So for mm-hmm. as long as you were in the booth doing, mm-hmm. the, doing analysis, mm-hmm. what was the hardest part then of deciding, you know what, yeah, I'm going to go back to coaching? The hardest part for me was leaving a place – that became a sanctuary for me because it gave me the opportunity to talk about the game that I love. Mm-hmm. They gave me a voice. And you, you always want to, in my life, I'll always be connected to that game. My whole life. I'll be connected. And it gave me a way to be connected, but like, okay, I'm not in it, but I'm kind of in it, and, 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 and be the voice of reason for it, right? Because I've been in it, I've been, see, I've had an experience in the NFL different than more than a lot of players. I was a scout first. Oh, wow. A college scout before I became a coach. I was a pro personnel scout. I became a secondary coach. I became a head assistant coach, the assistant head coach, before mm. I became a head coach. I was a college coach. I was a pro player. There's not many guys have done that in the NFL. Okay, so with that experience, when I looked at things, I looked at it through a big picture. And I never, put, I, you know, I, you know, I never put myself in the player's seat or the coach's seat. or, the, or the, I, I looked at all those things and said, this is what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, how do I say this, right? Now, I will say this. As a coach, even today, as a head coach, I always make decisions looking through the player's eyes. I've always done that. Why? Because I'm a player first, and I'll always be a player. And I I look at things I'm about to do, and I go, okay, if I was these guys, how would I take this? Mm. How would I how would I take what I'm about to say? Is it if you're not benefiting the players, shame on us, shame on all of us, because it ain't about the coaches, it's about the players. It's always about the players. It's always been that way with me. It's about the players, man. They got to play the game. 
when you interact with other players here, like mm. we were talking, we were seeing Sterling Sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. All these, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love it. Look at it. Look at it. All week. You know, it's like, it's, it's all week. Like, so, Mark, uh, you know, Marcus Allen, good friend. I recruited Marcus Allen. Yeah? Out of San Diego. When he, senior in high school, I was a, I had left Cal and went to San Diego State. I hosted Marcus Allen. Okay? That's how far we go back. So, whatever. So, the last 10, 11 years, he doesn't bring his wife up. My wife came one time. You know, it's too much. So, me and Marcus Allen, we date each other. <laughs> we go to all the functions together. We just... It's kind of like, you're my so, plus one. Yeah, so, your so, plus so, one. This, this, this is critical. So, this is the critical moment. So... You know, it's announced I take the job at Arizona State. One of the first texts I get is from Marcus. And it's like, please tell me you're coming to Tahoe. And I go, I'm coming to Tahoe. He said, and then it was a big smiley face. Okay. And I'm like, I'm coming to Tahoe. We're still dating. Don't worry about it. We're good. You quit me? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that, you know. In your time playing golf, like in the years you play golf, give give me your best, like, athlete. Pairing that you've played with, who have who, what's been your favorite round of golf? Fa- favorite round, and I've been and I've been in a lot of pro ams. Been fortunate enough to play in a bunch of them. Houston Open, AT and T, um, Byron Nelson. I mean, I've I've played in numerous ones, right? AT and T, and he's become a good friend of mine. Um, and I've actually went and played in this golf tournament, John Daly. He's my, no he's, way. He's my he's my partner, man. I mean, I got him on the phone. He, he'll call me when I'm on television. I call him. That, 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 that's my guy. So we're playing at and and we're doing this practice round on Wednesday. You know, and he says, Coach, and he's got his stuff on, you know, that loudmouth stuff. <laughs> and he goes, Coach, you like this stuff? And I'm like, ah, you know. So he has his phone out. He has his phone out. And he kind of like, come on, get some stuff, Coach. And I'm like. And I'm being nice. And I'm going, yeah, I'll get some stuff because they'll probably come next week. And I said, you know, these blue pants, I got a blue pants now, like this color blue with pink flamingos on. I go, that ain't too loud. I said, I like that. And I took over a shirt. Couple <laughs> so I'm getting it. I got, oh, you know, we keep walking. Friday night, it's delivered. And I'm going, oh, no. I got to wear this now. I really got to wear this. <laughs> <laughs> I come in, I come into the practice range, and all the pros are looking at me going, are you kidding me? I said, yeah, man, I fell into the trap. So after that, you know, we played for those two or three days, whatever it was, had a great time. And he's telling me, he said, Coach, you know, I got this golf tournament down at my home, at my home, yeah. down, in, uh, in, down in Arkansas. He yeah. lives in uh, a little old small town, 1,500 people. Yeah. And I go, you know what, I'm going to be in the area of Kansas City. I said, hey, John. He said, would you, it's for the Boys and Girls Club. He's been doing it for 20 years or so. I got, John, I'll be there for you, partner. Don't worry about it. I leave, drive down there, and play in this golf tournament with him, man. That's how, that's, we, we become that good of friends. Yeah. There may or may not be a lost podcast that we did with John Daly on his bus at the Masters across the street. It's the best. At Hooters, hanging out with him. Yes, because we, I, I, so here's the crew, and, and Joe will tell you. That Joe Carter just told you the story. It was Joe, it was Marcus, me, the crime dog. We all kind of oh, go down Fred there. McGriff. McGriff. We yeah. all kind of go down there together, you know. And, and they're right. I mean, we kind of we walk in the gate, you know, and the guys are doing the deal. They say, Coach, where's your ticket? I go. They <laughs> <laughs> said, where's your ticket? You did not do that this at Augusta the National. And the guy says. Coach Hurd, welcome to the Gusta. And I go, Marshall, come on. Kick me out there. 
right in there. <laughs> we'll never forget that. No way. Now, I had a ticket, but I was like, Coach, come in. <laughs> and said, just so they can think. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good. So, you know, that's one of the deals, I mean, with these guys. I mean, uh, we've become friends, man, over the years. It's in, and then Ozzie Smith is a good friend. You know, Ozzie plays every year, too. So, uh, In what other world could you and John Daly be friends? Unbelievable. So it's, it's just crazy, you know. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's just, you know, when you think about the guy. And I've, I've met a lot of the guys. I mean, because of the one year in AT&T when I was playing with John, um, they had to rain out. Put it up. They had to rain out. You know, well, they had to rain out. The wind was blowing. Yeah. So they, had to, so they they made us go in. So we were playing the Monterey Peninsula. And so I go in, and Boomer's in front of me. Yeah. Boomer, yeah, so yeah, Boomer's yeah, in front yeah, of yeah. me. And so me and Boomer sit down. Carmen. Yeah. And then and, and, and Phil Nicholson, all the guys, all the pros, they come in there, and we start telling stories. We're sitting in and we're holding court. We're just telling stories, man. And so then the guy comes in out and he says, we can go back out in the post and go, no, no, no. We're just telling stories, man. It was great. We're That's just, one of the coolest things about is. this sport is yeah. that the pros that we looked at when they're on TV yes. like, that's Phil Mickelson. Yeah. He comes in and goes, that's, that's Herm Edwards. Edwards. That there's, it, that's you know, Boomer. And, and so when you play in enough of these events, you kind of know the guys and you pull for them. Yeah. And you pull for guys. I mean, it's just like, hey, man. I mean, when I got the job, our, you know, our, one of our guys yeah. at, at Arizona State, um, uh, we just said, oh, uh, come on, come on, come on. Uh, golfer. John Rob. No, not John. Phil Mickelson, Paul no. Casey. No, come on. We got him. Come on. You got him. Uh, Perez. Pat Sorry, Pat. I, I love you, baby. I didn't forget your name. There's so, so many things going through my brain. So, Pat, <laughs> when I get the job, or when it's, when it's, when it's out there that he might take the job, I get a text from Pat. And here's the text. Take the job, man. I'll give you a lesson for Tom. He's the best, man. Pat's the best. Man. So and and I, I met Pat, you know, numerous years at the AT&T and some other events that he's played in, you know, and, 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 and got a relationship with him. And he's a great be, dude. He's a great he's dude. He's another man. guy that doesn't get enough credit for yes. speaking the truth. Yes, he does. And because a lot of people don't like some of the things yes, that he says. Exactly. He but, says it's, but the one thing that no one ever argues is whether he was telling the truth or no. not. People will be like, how dare you say something like yeah. that? Or, who do you think you are? But no one ever says, well, that's not true. No, because he, and I think when you speak the truth, what you realize is this. You only have to say it once. You don't have to repeat it. It's just out there. Say, hey, man. Okay. Now, people might get a little upset or don't agree, but it's like, hey, he said it. It's out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. I, mean, I don't tell you. It's out there. I don't take it back. It's out there, man. I don't, you don't get mad if you want, but I'm just telling you the truth. It's, just, it's easier to do it that way for me. Of all the jobs, because like mm. you said, you did, you have done so many yeah. things. Which was the hardest? Which was the which one was the most challenging? Being a pro football player. Why? The energy and the commitment you have to put in to practice, mm. the preparation of it, and you're playing against the best athletes in the world. I played corner. Okay, when I walked outside those numbers, there's there's a good receiver out there. He, he's just not some guy that just you know playing park ball. I mean, he's a pretty good player, and and I just think the grind of it, and and that's what I love so much about it. And and this is why this game golf to me is a game that I realize you got to prepare, and I'm not willing to do that. I did that in my lifetime. Yeah. Okay. To be at the level. Yes, I did that. I, I, I committed myself to you know I, I committed myself to this when I this game when I was really young now 
I mean, my image of an athlete growing up was they don't smoke, they don't drink, they don't use bad language. That was my image. I grew up that way. I still don't do those things. I don't. Because I just thought that that, that was an athlete. When I looked at athletes, I went, wow, you got to do, do all that to get there. And so when I was growing up in junior high school and high school, and I had buddies, and, you know, I still, they're still my buddies. All those other things they were doing, no. I wasn't doing them, man. I said, I ain't doing that. Because here's what I didn't want. I didn't want to have an excuse if I didn't make it. See, I committed to something when I was really young, yep. and I wasn't, I wasn't interested. I was committed, man. And, and I said, I'm going to do this, and if I fail, guess what? I'm Okay. I can't use the excuse, well, if I'd have done that, if I'd have worked a little harder. If I wouldn't have done this. Hey, look, man, I say this to people all the time. My greatest accomplishment, my greatest accomplishment as an athlete was this. As a football player, I never missed a practice. Wow. From high school to college to pro football, I never missed a start. That's unheard of nowadays. That's being committed to something. That's being committed to the guys in the huddle. I was always committed to my guys in the huddle. That's all I cared about. I can't let them guys down, man. And I tell players that all the time. I say, guys, at the end end of the day, it's this. When you walk out on the field, the coach stands behind the lines. It's 11 guys in the huddle, man. You got to commit to those guys. They're your brother. And you might come from different walks of life. You might have different views. It don't matter. Because if you don't commit to each other, you can't win, man. You got to be committed. You, you, I didn't want to let the. They knew I was the right corner for the Philadelphia Eagles. They never had to worry about that guy. They said, that son of a gun's lining up. He's going to practice every day. He's lining up. And I'm talking about real practice now. I'm talking about double days, man. Right. Okay. That's Joe was talking about that. I mean, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and it's changed. And it's still I was just football. Say, it's and it's changed. And, yeah. it's, and I, I understand why it's changed. And I'm okay with all that. But I never missed a practice, man. That's preparation. This game, you got to prepare to do it. Mm hmm. I'm not willing to do that. I got. I, I did that once in my lifetime. I don't want to do that. I want to ask you this though, like having not missed a practice. Yes. When you look back now, mm-hmm. and if you think to yourself, you know what, I might have been able to play two or three more years mm-hmm. if I would have right. not gone as hard as I did at practice. Right. Is that something you look back on? Because no. especially the way the pre- we know yes. preparation today, not like no, it was. No. And you know, for me to say I could play ten years, that's a good run. And I probably could have played longer. But I knew then, I was at a point to where I went, you know, when I watched myself on tape, I went, eh, maybe I can move inside and play safety. And I went, you know what, no. Because I had already had I already had a plan. I said, I'm going to go be a coach now. When did you decide oh, that? I decided that my second year in the league. What? I knew I was going to be a coach. Really? Why? Wait, mm-hmm. wait. How, when did, well, because how? Be, how did this happen? Because, because the knowledge of the game to me was important. And the knowledge I had, I said, if I play this like I think I'm going to do, I want to give it back to the players. The only way to give it back is being coach. And and here's what I want to do. This is my pet peeve with football. With any sport, with any, I don't care what sport you play. You got to honor the game, man. You got to honor the game. Because it's bigger than any player, than any coach. No game has ever been canceled or forfeited because a Hall of Famer stopped playing. They keep playing, man. And we got to honor the game. Because the game is the most important thing. This game of football, I don't sit here without that game. I don't go to college without the game of football. Mm-hmm. 
It's giving me more than I could ever give it back. And that's why when I sat there and decided to go back to football, I said, you know what? I'm not in the bubble, man. I got to go in the bubble. That's the world I live in. It's the world. I, it's, it's the players. It's the game, man. It's like I got more to give. And I saved up a whole lot of energy. And the best thing I got, I got 18-year-olds now, man. They got a lot of energy, too. So it's like, woo, they're bouncing off the wall. <laughs> when I walk in the room, the guys are bouncing like this. Like, calm down, boys. Just calm down. Yeah, when they're about bouncing, too. Yeah, you know, it's like, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Hey, Coach, I'll get you out of here on sure. this one because we like asking this question. Sure. Uh, you're you're the first part of the foursome. Give me the other three. They're gonna make Herm Edwards dream foursome in golf. Ooh, alive or dead? Alive or dead doesn't matter because it's your dream foursome. Who's playing? Muhammad Ali. Ooh. They're gonna pick three, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Tiger. And this is an odd one now. This is a real odd one. Mother Teresa. You want to hear something funny? There's one other person that has ever said that name to me in their dream force. And you know who it was? Who was that? Gary Player. How about that? Gary Player. Why? I met, I, met, I met Gary. Yeah. I need to know for you, though. No. It's his. Mother you know, Teresa. When, when, I'm, I'm Catholic, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when you think about what that woman stood for and the lives that she's changed in her life, the humility she had, it's something that you marvel at, man. I mean, it's like, wow, man. That woman was always about giving back. She was about the human sacrifice. It's amazing, man. She was amazing. When you when you read up on her and you just, you go, man, this woman was something, man. She really, really was, you know. And, so, yeah. And Muhammad Ali and Tiger. That, that was my guy, man. Muhammad. Yeah, that he was my guy, man. I grew up with him now. Yeah, that was the guy. I was like, "Oh, this dude right here now, man." But yeah. these are people you get to spend four and a half hours. Yeah, you know, and I've met Tiger. Yeah. You know, and I've met Hold Tiger. On. You know. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. If you're in a foursome and it's Muhammad Ali, yes. Tiger Woods, yeah. and Mother Teresa, oh. you know what he's doing? Yeah. Playing slow. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You ain't playing slow. Man. Real slow. <laughs> and, and Mother Teresa don't even have to. She can just. I'll just drive the car for her. <laughs> yeah. She can just putt. <laughs> you know, she could just putt, man. But it would be, you know, it would be, that would be fun. I mean, that, that different personalities. That five hours of experience. Yeah. Of, different know, walks of life. Yep. You know, get a true golfer that was, at, at the, you know, probably for a 10-year run. The GOAT. He's pretty good now, guys. He is pretty good. He's pretty dead gum good now. It was him. He was playing against the field. <laughs> I mean, think about yeah. it. Right? It was him against the field. That's it's pretty Pretty good. Right. He was pretty good now. That's all and right. I, you know, and I, and, I, and I watched him grow up. You know, I, I kind of knew about him. He was on the West Coast, and I yeah, watched him at Stanford. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. And, and and met him before, and then visited with him at times. You know, so yeah, I, you know, yeah, he'd be he'd be fun to play with. Coach, we love you. Appreciate Thank you, you guys, so much. Man. Please promise that you'll come back and do another podcast. Whatever you guys want, man. That's my guy right there. Off yeah. season, we'll talk in the off season. Yeah, I want to talk about some of the as an Eagles fan. Oh yeah, man, that was good, man. When the boys won that, and I'm playing. I think I'm playing with Doug and, and Sean Friday. Yeah, it sounds fun. like. So Which is good. funny because a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Coach Sean Payton was actually a quarterback for the Eagles during the strike. Yeah. Well, I met Sean when he was at Indiana somewhere coaching when I was a scout. It all connects, man. It all connects, man. Thank you, Coach. Have a great season. God bless you guys, man. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. My pleasure, brother. Man, I could get a Herman sermon. 
<laughs> 365 days. You know a what year. though? I'm not gonna lie. I was nervous in the beginning. Why? Because we had been having so much fun all day. And that when we started, he was really serious. In the yeah. beginning. Which I, I don't get me wrong, like I absolutely love that. Yeah. I love the fact that he was like so very serious and very subdued and very and I was like, wow, this is kind of a side of Herman that I wasn't expecting to get on the podcast. But it was it was so revealing kind of about who he is and and how he sees life i was glad i was actually glad that he started but but at first man i was like oh this is gonna be this is gonna be the first maddie and the caddy podcast that's like and no and i knew we were gonna get there but keep let's give people let's peel back the curtain a little bit yeah he waited for 45 minutes to sit down with us and do the interview. Yeah, but he was still involved in some of the craziness with what we were doing then, yeah. too. Because remember, he jumped in. Yeah, but Theisman yeah, hijacked true. the interview with, uh, Alfonso. with Alfonso. Correct. We were. He just came and sat Herm down. Herm was just being, Herm <laughs> got there early. And we're sitting there talking to Carlton, Alfonso Ribeiro. Who, who I saw at the PGA Championship. Oh, yeah? Yes. I, he get, He was at the PGA Championship on Sunday. Came down and hung out and watched the end. And man, it was fun. He was feeling no pain when I saw him oh, good. Sunday evening. Good, no pain good. whatsoever. Yeah, and he, but like he, we were doing a fun interview with him, and then Theisman comes in, yes. and so then Herm's like, "What's going on?" And then we got all kind of laughs going on with Theisman, Alfonso, yeah. and then Herm's still sitting there waiting. At one point, I'm like, "He's gonna get up and leave." Right. And then Herm's just waited, down. man. That's Herm's again, just down. The kind of person that quality he is. man. Yeah, it just happens to be Herm Edwards week at ESPN. It, it just co- it coincides with the SC feature I did with him in Tempe, and now here on the podcast. Uh, so look, it, it it's my alma mater. But here's what I can tell you about people here at ESPN because they like Herm the person. I think ASU got so many more fans than they were expecting from here in Bristol, just because of the guy that worked here for nine years and that everybody loves. Yeah, the good thing about Herm going to ASU and and all of us, you know, it's funny. He's one of those guys too, where you go. I know I'm not supposed to root, being a professional in the media industry, but when it comes to Herm Edwards, wherever he's going to be, yep, that's I'm rooting for him because if anything goes wrong there, it ain't got nothing to do with Herm. Nope, it ain't got nothing to do with Herm, and that's the the one thing is like he's one of those guys you like to be around. Because you feel like you become a better person the more time you spend around him and with him because you just, you don't, he, I've never seen him do anything to anyone where they walk away and feel bad. Nope. And he's never said anything like to make someone kind of go, eh. They you always feel awesome leaving talking to Herm, and I've seen it. I saw it with him and his players at ASU. He goes up there, he's like, "This is what we need to do. This is why we're going to do it." But I love you. Right. And that's how he, that's how he's going. That's how he goes about <laughs> life. Uh, so we appreciate Herm Edwards and his time that he gave us earlier uh, a few about a month ago. Uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate you and the support for downloading us. Again, download us wherever you get your podcast. Maddie and the Caddy, Apple Podcast, ESPN app, social media, at Maddie and Caddy. Maddie, the word and. Caddy, C-A-D-D-I-E, both Instagram and Twitter. Download, subscribe, spread the word. 
We're growing this thing one golfer at a time. For the caddy. Me, Michael Collin. I'm the Maddie. Appreciate the download. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks the Maddie for and the Caddy Podcast. Peace. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.